support Rainbow Soul. Check out the Rainbow Soul merchandise for your favorite new shirt. A variety of colors and styles to suit your taste. Show off your love for Rainbow Soul. Get cool designs with your favorite quotes. Designs come in a variety of colors so that you can express your most authentic self. Support Rainbow Soul in spreading the word that queer, gender variant, intersex, transgender is sacred. Rainbow Soul, putting the soul back into queer. Order your unique Rainbow Soul merchandise at rainbowsoul.show. Welcome to Rainbow Soul, a live show and podcast in search of deep answers and medicine about consciousness, spirituality, witchcraft, natural magic, and queer inclusive spiritual paths of many varieties. We will explore the use of herbs, candles, colors, and nature in our personal lives, as well as queer inspired rituals designed with transgender and non-binary people in mind. We are welcoming all pagans, indigenous two-spirits, witchy folks, conscious seekers, and people off the beaten path who want to explore the human spiritual experience that we are all capable of having. With deep reverence and anti-racist values, inclusivity, and a healthy and honest respect for our ancestors, Rainbow Soul brings diverse guests and topics all related to queer spiritual experience. Tap into this amazing resource live and find a supportive, safe environment while exploring interesting topics and diverse guests. Listen on your favorite podcast platform. And catch the show at your convenience and still participate in the contest and games. Get more information about games and contests at our website, rainbowsoul.show. Rainbowsoul.show. Thank you for tuning in to Rainbow Soul. Hey. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad everyone's here. <laughs> I'm Hollis Taylor and welcome to season 2 of Rainbow Soul. And I am uh I'm an author and I'm non-binary and uh my book is all about defining your most authentic path. It's called Divine Androgyny. You can find more more about it at my website at the website rainbowsoul.show. So, hey, Lacrosse, tell us about who you are. Hi, my name is Lacrosse Ortiz. I am a Jewish Taino atheist uh, host of Master of None because I'm a jack of all trades and master of none. Uh, I love all things spirituality. Without the, I just don't believe in a supreme being designating all that. Um, more accountability and yet it's me 
<laughs> Fantastic. That's an interesting thing. You know, I just want to say I'm so excited to be in season two. We've been doing this for one year, lacrosse. I know. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> right? And um, I've been writing a little bit about it, like reflecting back in our newsletter for the people that got our newsletter. And I was remembering that the one thing that you that I remember, like kind of bookmarking in my brain about what you said was that your intention was to bring the medicine yeah. to the people. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring the med. You wanted to make sure that everyone had access to the medicine. Yeah. 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 And this is definitely such a good collaboration because I think we both have been hopefully able to do that. Hopefully a lot of learning has been happening through this past year. It's touched a lot of lives. At least I feel it. It's actually helped change mine because when I first started, you remember I was just like, mm, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, but it actually it's just been such a blessing to be a part of this it has been such a blessing. So thank you for that. Well, all I did was follow the call. And um, and I just was like, huh, I think lacrosse would be a great co-host. What do you mean? I mean, he's fair. He's a drag king. He's trans man. I mean, he's got all the things that needs that needs to be present for a different perspective. And being two spirit is pretty special in my in my eyes. Being two spirit is like um, it's a sacred path. So yeah. it's like me, it's like when you meet that shaman or a person that you're like, yeah, there's something in them that you want to cultivate in yourself. Right. And so I think we see that I see that in you. Yeah. And I also see your two spirit energy. And I've I've witnessed your two spirit energy personally. Right. And so I like, I don't know, there's something in my heart and soul that said tap, tap, tap. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I listened. Yeah, I'm glad I listened and I'm glad we did what we did. Right. And I just want to say thank you, Sandy Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And thank you because you have been here. I think I don't know if she was at the first show or not, but I remember asking her her pronouns because I'm like, oh, right. now how am I going to know people's pronouns? Right. So I'm just going to say um, thank you very much, Sandy. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. And, um, and, you know, we really honor your presence here because we honor everybody that comes and watches Eve right. and everybody that shows up, even if you miss sometimes that's okay. We appreciate you taking the time out to watch the show and yeah. we appreciate you sharing and spread the word. Absolutely. So, happy anniversary, everyone. Yeah. Happy anniversary. <laughs> I'm like, it's so special now. <laughs> yeah it is special it is special. i got i got the little the, the little feelings i'm catching some feelings right, <laughs> right. we should uh, yeah harvest that harvest that yeah. like i always just make sure you take it in in fact i'm hoping that since you know as what we've done is we had a vision right mm -hmm. and we followed it so now i want to invite everyone else in our new format of our show, we're going to take a little minute to take a deep breath. So I want to just invite you. You can keep your eyes open if you want. You can close your eyes. Whatever helps you. But just breathe in. Like take a breathe in as much as you can. And then blow out until there's nothing else left. 
And just do that again. Breathe in. And blow it out. And give yourself, inside your mind's eye, I want you to see one thing that you want to manifest. Right now is the Aries new, the Aries moon, the Aries new year, astrological new year. So this is the time to make a new year's resolution astrologically. So if you just take a moment, deep breath. And each time you blow out, I want you to color in that vision. I want you to make it more and more vivid to you. And do it again. See the end result. See what it is you really want in the world. And as that picture gets more and more vivid in your mind, just hold it. Like take a little picture with the, your brain and file it back there. And the next time you feel a little lost, Think about which way you're headed, because that's where you're going. Even if the path along the way gets a little rocky. <laughs> right? So I just wanted to start there. And I'll tell you, today's guest, I was kind of excited. And I was like, oh, look at this. She's going to be on at the same time as uh, our anniversary. Yeah, But I just thought that was kind of fun because uh, we've been friends for a long while. We've known each other from festivals. And um, I really appreciate a lot of the wisdom and the beauty that comes. And so I want to welcome uh, Sumaya. 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 Hi. Welcome. Welcome, Samaya. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for coming on Rainbow Soul. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Oh, man. Um, well, I'm Samaya. Um, I'm currently a new mom of a budding three-year-old, and so that's exciting for me. I'm also a um, practicing clinical herbalist and a henna artist. Um, I like to dabble in the magic witchier things of life however i feel i'm a little bit more of a closet spirituality i don't put it out on blast um because it's my own personal practice but um i am trying to be a little bit more open in that respect and give uh more of myself in that way to people so Well, I frankly thought that you were a very spiritual person, so I've never thought that you keep that back. And although you may keep your personal practice to yourself, um, I noticed that you do some really beautiful work in the world. Not only like you've helped me, I've needed herbs and ordered directly from you. And I think that's beautiful. And can you tell us just a little about your relationship with herbs and and the medicine of it? Oh, um, well, it's definitely harbored itself with me for a really long time of just wanting to be on a more naturalist path. Um, and I've kind of just grown with that. I've traveled a lot. I've lived in the woods um, and off grid a lot. And so 
I kind of have just um, nurtured that part of myself um, and working with that medicine and harvesting it from, you know, its natural habitat. Um, and so I kind of like sought out community when I came to Florida and um, ended up falling into a herbal school that taught clinical herbalism. It wasn't my intention to go that route at all. I just really wanted some deeper knowledge um, of what I was already learning and already teaching myself and already practicing with. And so when I found them and I decided to go ahead and take their classes, like the next thing I knew, we were like the, the advanced class was, you know, we're working in the clinics with actual people. And um, that was slightly terrifying and also rewarding because I felt like part of me was already doing bits of that kind of out in my own community on the road where I was giving people medicine that didn't have access to it. Um, you know, there would be, for example, just being in the woods, it's, you know, people are prone to staff. It's just like a natural thing. It's on our skin. It's just a reality when you're in the woods and you're dirty all the time and you get a cut, like staff is relevant. And so just being able to help people with simple things as wound care and first aid and was just kind of like a natural, like, yeah, of course, like I can totally help you with this. And, I also had two dogs at the time traveling in the woods and, you know, had issues of, you know, them being attacked by porcupines and uh, even my little one got attacked by a bear and having to kind of nurse them back. So a lot of it was just kind of like, um, you know, medic type work. And so doing the clinicals, I felt like was like handed to me in a sense that it was appropriate that I learned this stuff to be able to help my community just the same in a deeper way, you know, because just being able to handle wound care is kind of like, you know, I was a nurse's aide uh, when I was in my early twenties and I dealt with wound care. I hate to say that it's easy, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's easy. Uh, but to really dive into um, chronic health issues and really help people recover from that and using herbs um, is magical. Like I, I can't even say more about it. It's just, it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've used herbs to, um, <clears throat> I've used herbs to heal from my perimenopause uh, experience has been pretty intense. <clears throat> um, and I appreciate um, the herbs that you were able to send me when I needed them. And it was, I wonder because of the timing, if, your call to herbs. Did you end up using herbs in your pregnancy for like milk production and things like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so many things. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if you were supposed to, that's why you ended up at the herb store at the herb place and yeah. baby too. <laughs> kind during of all happened at the same time. Well, during my pregnancy, I didn't do as many herbs because a lot of them are contraindicated and also not researched enough. And so it was kind of like baby steps through the herbal world and only doing what I knew was correct and okay. But once she was born, yeah, I had an herbal blend ready for a wash. I had um, a herbal blend ready for uh, milk production. And my teachers, bless their hearts, they sent me this, um, it's called Black Chicken White Phoenix. Uh, it's a Chinese um, recipe and it's disgusting, <laughs> but it's amazing at helping with postpartum. 
yeah, I've heard, a. have just seen a lot of uh, women suffer with that. And I can see how you would need to help um, some people with breastfeeding to help, you know, milk production and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to, I have a line of herbals for kitty or for kids um, because of like, you know, my daughter Sequoia, I made herbs that were specific for her, for like, for her boo-boos, her boot, her scrapes, um, for her teething, her upset stomachs and stuff like that. And so now I'm able to, you know, share that. And I'd like to do the same for mamas as well, because I think that they need a lot of that. And um, and the belly blessing that I was just doing today, I was just talking to her and told her if she needed anything to, to reach out because I feel like once the baby's born, the mother's forgot. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like mothers are missing the village part. Um, yeah. I often feel that mothers really suffer because we don't have villages the way we did. Even you time, um, lacrosse, you could probably identify with that. Like not, like feeling like, are we supposed to be in a tribe raising our kids? Because that's not how it's working. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of single parenting and no village. It's it was it was difficult, but but I think then you end up finding some community at some point because I was blessed enough to have people like my uh, my cousin is a doula, very helpful. You know when I was um, having my son. And the, I'm telling you, it was just, it was a whole different experience, you know, but yeah, finding <laughs> that community was, ne was necessary because they're not going to come out the woodwork. You got to go look for them because, you know, if you rely on your actual family, it doesn't, it doesn't always pan out. It doesn't, you know, so. Yeah. Well, some people, but not, yeah, not yeah. most of us. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. And Samaya, tell us a little bit about. So, what do you? What did you do today for the the mother? You said you you did a belly blessing today. Yeah. So, um, with the henna, some of the traditions uh, include the belly blessing, which is supposed to protect the baby and the mother for childbirth. Um, and so, I absolutely adore doing belly blessings. Um, I think it's just a really beautiful, intimate time. Uh, to spend with the mom. And now that I am my mom myself, I have a little bit more relation to be able to sit and chat with them. And um, like, I was able to speak with her even about breastfeeding and, uh, you know, about just her fears and anxieties, because this is her first baby as well. <clears throat> and, um, and I think that it's, it's nice to be able to have that the time to communicate with them. But, um, but also just being able to do the henna on their bellies is, is, absolutely priceless it's so beautiful mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so can you tell us a little bit like about like um what what you do like where where does the henna come from what is it so henna is a plant it's um let's see if i say it right lasagna intermittent 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 it's latin not my first language um <laughs> henna is you know there's a few names that um kind of goes by but henna is you know the common name that everybody understands it to be um so that's the nice but it is a plant it likes hot desert climates like hot tropical desert climates it likes to be dry um the drier the climate the better the stain is from the henna itself so if for example there's a season of drought um, the henna for that crop um, harvest 
is sought after because it's, you know, it, the dye released in it is incredibly dark and vibrant um, versus if it was a wet year, it wouldn't be as dark and vibrant. Um, and one of the reasons I love henna so much is because it's a plant, obviously, but it's so versatile and so organic and it has a life of its own. And, um, and I think it just goes to show like, in just how it is grown, it projects itself that way onto the skin as well. And so you apply it with like a pen or like a, so you it can... doesn't penetrate the skin. It's just like drawn on there. So this is what I use. I don't know if you guys can see that it's a little applicator bottle. And so I fill this up uh, with henna and then there's a little um, tube here. I know it's weird. Um, so I just draw it on almost as if I was drawing with a pen. Um, traditionally, they do they use cones. Um, and even like in Morocco, they use syringes. I have personally never tried syringes. Um, <clears throat> it just seems a little difficult, but they are amazing at it. They've been doing it forever. So props to them. Um, Cones are traditional and how um, you just take a piece of cellophane and roll it up and then fill the tube. I used to do cones. I started with cones. Um, they're great on the hands. They're great for getting really fine detail and getting that real beautiful lacy design. Um, with For myself, I was looking for a way that I wasn't using so much waste because once the cone is done, it was in the trash. And so that bothered me a lot. And I kind of fought with myself over having a plastic bottle or a cellophane cone because like, you know, they're both kind of whatever, but I don't waste with the bottle. I, I've had these bottles for years and, um, and I don't necessarily get as fine of detail as I could possibly get with a cone, but I could still go pretty fine. I could still get really good detail. But also I work um, a lot of festivals and it's a lot of time, like my time is money situation. So I don't do a lot of fine detail work, um, like festival designs versus like a really beautiful, intricate Mindy, um, uh, like a traditional bridal design, just two different elements. Mm -hmm. So like, um, I just want to show, I just want to show one picture here that I got. Um, and you guys can see, like, that looks pretty detailed to me. <laughs> I'm just saying that looks pretty beautiful and detailed. You have the ohm symbol, looks like in the middle of a flower. Um, and that's really beautiful. And then the designs on her toes or their toes and ankle. Um, so, I mean, that's really, that's really beautiful. Did, is there symbolism there other than the obvious ohm symbol in the middle of the flower? Um, not really. I mean, this usually, um, a lot of the ways that I do my work as well outside of festivals, which I, I kind of prefer, I do intentional henna gatherings, um, and healing hennas. And so usually when I do an intentional gathering, the person is coming to me with their intention and maybe something that means something to them personally. And then I transmute that into the art that they get to take home with them. Um, so well, the beautiful. flower, yeah, they probably more than likely asked, um, because that's an original, like probably never did that one outside of that foot. Um, they probably asked for an ulm and a sunflower and that was kind of the design that came with it. <clears throat> um, usually when I'm working in intentional gatherings, it's, 
a little bit more of a meditative space. It's completely the opposite of doing a festival where like time is money and you're just kind of pumping out designs that people pick out of a book. The intentional gatherings um, are more home for me. I get to sit with people kind of like the belly blessing and I kind of get to hear their story and get to translate that onto them um, and do that work for them as a healing modality. It's a beautiful way. I've, I mean, I've done tattoos and, and henna and with intention. Um, and that's a really spectacular way. And I think when you can look at it, it also gives it some extra special beauty, but I, I did see this one on this person's shoulders and oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I know, I know about the goddess in the middle and the two moons on either side kind of gives you that uh, definitely goddess type of symbol. And then, of course, I, yeah. I noticed the stag horns at the bottom and then holly leaves at the top. I'm like, OK, <laughs> that must be a custom. So that must be one of like your intentional pieces with yes. this person. And she was uh, she was a witchy witch that knew exactly what she wanted. And she asked for all those items to be incorporated into the design. And that was kind of what came from it. What a challenge. Good job, Samaya. I mean, <laughs> like to just do that on the fly. <laughs> what was that, yeah, LaCrosse? I said, that looks hard. amazing. That is amazing well, you work. Know I know I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the irony of it is I was just telling this woman today, I was like, sometimes I do these hennas and I think they're awful. And like my own, like in my own head and my own perception of my own art, I'm like, oh my God, this is like the worst henna that I've ever done. And then they see it and they are absolutely like diehard, like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing I've ever received. I love it so much. And then I just kind of have to take a picture and walk away. And then in a couple of weeks, go back and look at it and be like, oh, that wasn't actually that bad. Like I didn't do such a bad job, but I get so in my head because a lot of those intentional hennas, I just kind of let move through me and I don't like control how I'm going to make it turn out. Sometimes it takes on a life of its own. And those are probably the ones I hate the most. <laughs> but I do like, I turn around and love them just the same. It's just that I get, you know, it's my control drama of being an artist. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to have Virgo somewhere in the major part of your chart there. <laughs> Self-critical. Um, Sandy asked, how long does it usually last on the body? I thought that was a good question. No, that's a great question. And it's probably one of the biggest ones. So it really depends on where you get it on your body. Um, so hands and feet are the most common, and they're going to last the longest, specifically the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet, we have the thickest skin right there. Um, so the henna, what it does is you put the paste on the skin and the dye that's in the henna actually releases into the skin and stains each layer of the skin. So the more layers of skin you have, the darker, the deeper, and the longer the stain is going to last. Um, so the, the palms of the hands will get darker than the tops of the hands. And the palms and the soles ideally would last the longest. However, we walk and we use our hands all the time. So the process of it staining, it also fades with exfoliation. So as our skin exfoliates and releases itself, the stain fades. So if we never shed our skin, the henna would be permanent. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So like on face, for example, we have the thinnest skin on the face. So if I were to put henna on somebody's face, it would only last a couple days up to a week max. 
um, and the stain wouldn't get as dark just because our skin is so thin. But on the hands and the feet, it would last, you know, it could last anywhere from two to four weeks, depending on how well you take care of it, how well your skin accepts it. Um, and same with like the belly, it might last about two weeks on the belly, maybe even three. I've had henna last four weeks on my belly just because it stayed wet for so long here in Florida. So like it really just, there's so many variables because it's a living plant, even though it's dried, that it has a crazy life of its own and how it acts on the skin. Um, some people, there's a small percentage of the population who will not accept henna. Like it just won't stain their skin or it will only stain for a couple days. So it's really, I can say usually two to three weeks um, is a standard of what I tell people, especially if they're just getting it on their hands, arms, um, feet or legs. Um, but beyond that, the the aftercare of somebody taking care of it um, and just the person's dynamic of their skin and whether they accept it or not. And of course, where they get it is all going to play a part in how long it lasts for it. Maybe how many showers you get. <laughs> yeah, I. it's spring break down here right now. And I literally am, I'm like, I need to have a little write-up so I can copy and paste because I'm consistently telling people, hey, I'd love to do a henna for you. Just know that you're on vacation right now. You can't go swimming and you definitely can't go into the pools because the pool will rip the henna right out of the skin and you won't have henna anymore. Like you'll go swimming in the chlorine pool and the chlorine, because it's a chemical, just rips it out for whatever reason and it's gone. And so the ocean, not as bad, but it will still the same thing. Like you're in the water and it's your skin soft and moist and it's just, it takes it right out of the skin. So I always tell people, it's just like, if you're going to get a henna, it's better that you get it towards the end of your vacation. That way you have it and you can have it longer. It's a waste yeah. of money. Like I'm not trying to take people's money and like, have them lose their head. You've never been, you've always <laughs> been a very fair person, Samaya. And you value the dollar bill and I appreciate that about you. Um, and I want to say like this one, I was kind of like, all right, Samaya, I want that. Nice. <laughs> oh, Only because beautiful. that's a beautiful hummingbird. And I think about the symbolism of hummingbirds traveling. They travel a lot. They do migrate and they're very um, sort of, I have a lot of hummingbird energy. So that's like yeah. one of my, that's one of my totems. So I was like, Hey, that's the one. I." <laughs> so um, I assume the person asked for a hummingbird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Did you see my it's group? Really uh, I don't think so. Hold on. I have the, you is this the, I found <laughs> this one. I found this one, uh, which as a, as, as a mother, I really like this one. Like that feels really like at, as above, so below even. And with the sort of the, the whole belly just makes it. I don't know. Yeah, it's just this is really beautiful as a blessing. You want to? Do you want to tell us anything about that? Is that what she? I assume I, she requested. Yeah, no. This is such a good one to talk about. So this is beautiful. This girl, um, this woman, she came to me and asked me for a tree of life, and I thought to myself, can I do more than a tree of life? Like I want to do something really special, and so this particular um the the mama in the center there's actually um 
it's like a mama and a child is the original image. And I made the mama into a pregnant mama. Um, and I wanted to do that as the trunk. But even more so, let me see here if I can remember where they're all at. One, two, three, four. I think there are at least five sigils in this one. Six, mm. six, seven. There's seven sigils in this one. Tell us about what sigils are. Um, so they're, oh gosh, I'm not the best person to talk about them. But they're, <laughs> they're um, I guess they're personal to each person. Um, she chose these ones offline of people who had already drew those out, but the sigils are supposed to be kind of like, um, maybe like a spell for protection or intention, um, <clears throat> to the person, to the individual who creates them. Um, but I don't really use them all like that. I mean, I guess I do, I do henna, so I kind of do a little bit, but uh yeah i'm probably not the best to define them a sigil a sigil is just a symbol that has some sort of intention or meaning in it yeah. i think i see two i think i see some down on the bottom right of the belly there um so there's one I think they're actually of yeah the, i see the bottom mm -hmm. center and then um i guess it would be the right uh mm -hmm. i guess it would be the right right to you too um yeah she's mm -hmm. holding one and then there's three, there's two in her belly, and then there's one right below it. Yep. And then there's the break that's in the top canopy that kind of almost okay. looks like a butterfly. Uh-huh. Is another Yeah. So um, some, the ones down in the lower right look Slavic, um, and maybe even the one on the belly there could even be Slavic, yeah. like if I was to just guess. Um, just because I play around a little bit with symbols, I play, I've, I've done a little bit of work around that. Okay. So here's another belly, which I think these are great. <laughs> so do you normally ask the parent, the pregnant person to come in before, like right before they're about to give birth, like in their last month? No, that's usually, um, the time I think that most people get them. That's when their bellies are the fullest. Um, and that's also whenever they're like deciding to get their pictures taken. Um, I personally prefer it when they're a couple weeks before their due date. Um, just because their belly is just so full and round and just ready. Um, mm -hmm. that it just takes the henna in such a beautiful, uh, dynamic, but it's really I up to the, um, to the mother, the, the mother that I did today or the mother to be, she, um, she still has two more months. And uh, the reason she got it now is because she's leaving to go to Ohio and she wanted to get it before she left. Oh my, what a thing to be doing just before your baby arrives, eh? <laughs> I was traveling well, all eight months. Right, I know. <laughs> um, I can't imagine. I, I definitely had an interesting pregnancy, but uh, anyway. Um, and then... I was fascinated when I started seeing you offer candles. I was like, oh, my God, it's an awesome candle. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is very cool. So Isn't I need out. <laughs> <laughs> was this like wintertime Florida activity? Well, it was kind of a for fun thing um, back when I first started doing henna. And I realized really quickly that henna candles in Florida suck. 
um, they melt <laughs> in December. So, oh. um, so I, I started making them as just a Christmas thing or an as, um, like to order it, like you can order a custom candle anytime uh, I can make them. Um, but at Christmas I kind of will go and make like an abundance of them. Um, some of them, I like to make intentional candles too. Um, but those usually are on custom orders versus me just kind of making candles for Christmas time. Um, but I love making candles. They're so fun. <laughs> they don't move. It's all, it's yeah. all me. I work on it for as long as I want. <laughs> How long does a henna usually have to stay on? Like, I mean, it's not like when you're tatting, like when I tat, it's like go in, wipe, go in, wipe. But how long does it have to actually set before it so sets? The paste goes on the skin. Um, so it stays wet anywhere from five to 20 minutes. It just depends on the humidity. Um, so if it's a really humid day, it could take 20 minutes or longer to dry. I usually have to tell people to get in front of a fan or something um, because while it's wet, it's like in danger of being smudged. Um, so it's the most crucial time for people to really be mindful of their henna. Um, but so after the henna paste dries, it becomes just like dry mud on the skin. And so ideally you want to keep that on for six to 12 hours. The longer you leave it on, the longer it's going to last. It can be taken off within four hours. I don't recommend it. I feel like if you're going to spend money with me, then you should take care of it. You know, like if you want it to last the two, you know, two to four weeks or whatever, you have to take care of it. And so, um, just an example, I burnt my finger last night and I put henna on it. We'll talk about that later, but this is only like two hours of stain, right? It still looks great, right? Super dark. Um, this won't last very long because it was only on my skin for, you know, maybe two to four hours max like this will be gone by the end of the week. It'll start fading out. Um, if I left that on for a full 12 hours, I would have this dark skin. It would probably have even gone to black. Um, and it would have stayed on my skin for the next two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're on mute. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I was just noticing that the community is loving your stuff. Everybody's loving mm -hmm. I um, love the spirals <laughs> and, and, and Sandy said beautiful and Jamie had no idea uh, that you could henna candles. Uh, and so I, I, neither oh, did I, I Jamie, yeah. <laughs> until I seen Sumaya did it. And then I was like, Oh, well, like that's, that's a new cool. one. For, that's a new one for me. You can make a wedding candle. I mean, that'd be pretty I cool i have that actually up on my um on my website you can order unity candles as well yeah. and so you get two candles one for um each partner and you can henna drums i don't have any of my drums hennaed because they're new they're up there on the wall but um so i don't have anything to show but if you went on online you could see my drums as well and the thing that's really great with the drums is that it's skin just the same so it stains just the same but it doesn't go away because it's not shedding. So you get to have a stain on your drum for the life of the head. So if the head breaks, you're out of luck. But if it doesn't break, you have a, a beautiful henna design on your drum forever. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I have seen some drums like that. They're, they're really beautiful. I love doing drums. It's like the same as belly belly or um, henna bellies. Like I just got this big giant canvas to work with, you know. And what's nice with those is I could even sketch out designs that I want to do and like make it, you know, perfect. So.
Right, right, right. So you can do a pre-plan. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So All right. I guess yeah. now we're going to take a quick break um, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Lacrosse, from Master of None, and this is Little Nuggets. Um, I'm offended. I'm offended. You're offended. We're all offended. But what does offended really mean? This is a question you got to ask yourself. Well, let's take a look. Offended. Resentful or annoyed, typically as a result of a perceived insult. A perceived insult insult. So basically, what happens when we get offended? We feel that someone is insulting us. We feel that someone is being disrespectful. Under, listen to the words I'm saying. We feel, I feel offended. Now, I find it interesting that in today's day and age, everybody is offended. Everybody is offended over everything. Yet there are real issues out there that we need to be offended for. Social injustices, hunger, poverty. I don't see as much offense for those things. If you, if someone says something about me and I feel offended, that is me allowing them to create within me a negative attitude or allow them to enter my realm with their negative energy. So with that being said, is it really worth the offense? Is what that person saying valid? Is it truthful? And if it is truthful, what can I do in my soul to correct it? Because this whole journey is about correcting our souls. This whole journey is about us becoming better versions of ourselves. Not to sit around and live in martyrdom or a form of victimization, because that's not evolving that is not making you improve. So don't let people rent that space in your life. And if they, once again, if what they're saying is true, correct it, correct your soul. Genuinely have an open mind when the offense comes in. And then if it is not truthful, Poof, poof out of my kingdom. You banish it because it's not true. All right, so that's today's little nugget. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe on Master of None. Have an amazing day. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Lacrosse from Master of None.
Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Lacroix. Jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So, what exactly does that mean? It is a figure of speech in reference to a person who has dabbled in many things rather than gaining expertise by only focusing on one. So much knowledge and wisdom out there at our fingertips, yet so difficult to grasp. Everything and everyone has a little piece of the truth, and it is up to us to determine what our truth is. In this busy world, creating the time, the space to nourish our bodies, mind, and soul has become a difficult task. So let's take a moment to learn something, something small, in whatever way the universe decides to reveal it. It could be someone's story, a quote, a spiritual practice, maybe a song or a movie. The opportunities are limitless and all around us if we just take a moment to see. We are all students of life experiences, so let us learn from one another. There is no right or wrong path. There is only your path and your journey. So let's begin our adventure and explore all the world has to offer and let us become a master of none. In the land of Africa, there lives a hippo who learns to overcome being different through an ecstatic dance experience. Sometimes life is sweet and sometimes life stings. It's up to you to decide. What are you willing to be? asks the honeybee. The firefly reminds us that only you can shine your light. The butterfly speaks of the wonder of transformation, while the moon helps the hippo feel a confident glow. Find out what happens in a hippo dance trance. This beautifully illustrated book presents expressive artwork through gender-neutral characters that deliver messages about being yourself, perspective, and personal transformation. Order today at brighthawkproductions.com. We're back. <laughs> oh, you're muted. <laughs> Oops. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I love your little nuggets. What do you guys think? Do you guys think the little nugget in the middle? And I just want to say, as soon as it came on, I thought I was reading this. Jamie said, off ended, made to mm. feel like something is unfair. One end up, one end down, imbalanced, offended. I was just like, mm. off ended. Oh, that's great, Jamie. <laughs> but Sandy, Sandy approves of your little nugget. And I totally approve too. I think they're adorable. I think it's yeah. great. We wouldn't be able to do a show without a poof. There has to be a poof. <laughs> that's what I said. As soon as you said poof, I was like, here we go with the poofing people out of your life. I can't blame you. That's what you got to do. Um, so, my friends, uh, I want to go ahead and bring Sumaya back out because Sumaya has our magic word. Oh. So, if you have the magic word... Put it in the chat, and whoever the first person is to put it in the chat, it's in your newsletter, it's in your email, I promise. Um, I sent it out last night, so you should have found it sometime today, hopefully. 
It's in your email if you signed up for the newsletter and there is a magic word. And we'll wait until somebody says it and I see it in the chat. Um, and in the meantime, um, Sumaya sent me this really good, this really cool picture of, um, shoot, I just had it and now it's gone, of a <laughs> drum is what it was. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, you know how we were talking about how you can henna a drum. Oh, look at that. that is Isn't beautiful. that beautiful? So that won't wear off at all? Or, you know, even with the playing and like the oils from the hand? So the henna paste itself will eventually come off. Um, I like to tell people to leave that paste on for about two weeks. Um, but once that paste is scraped off, you're left with a stain just the same as it would be on your hands and it won't it won't wear off. Wow, that is beautiful. Even for crazy players. <laughs> yeah. Because we know only, some of them. Hmm? You know, I mean, I, I, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so the only time that that's going to come to an end is whenever they bust the head of the drum. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when, once you bust the head, it's done. You have to get a new one. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, everybody's like that, but I definitely know a bunch that are, so... And they don't usually get henna on their drum because they will bust it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Is it is it like something about the symbolism might inspire them or something like that? They're just they're they're amazing drummers and they drum hard and they <laughs> drum all night and yeah, it just happens. They tighten. They'll tighten their drum every night, and the more it gets tight, you know, the more it is just bound to to break. So, mm, I uh -huh. think for the majority of people um, who have drums, it's you know their drum will last them for a really long time before it were to break or anything like that. But you know, just even um, for us here in Florida, the humidity really kills the drum, um, and so they have to tighten it every single night. They have to tighten it often, and so the more that it, the drum gets tightened, just the the physics of it just, you know, it's bound to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. It usually happens, but sometimes weather can do it like wetness and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you were saying something about you put the henna on your burnt finger. Is that true? <laughs> Hi, little one. Okay, Michael, come get her. So, um, so yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the medicinal qualities of henna. Mm -hmm. Does she want to be on the show? She can sit on your lap. Yeah. Of course. Hi. Welcome to the show, my little friend. <laughs> We've seen each other on video before. Okay. Put your bag on. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> So can you tell? So can you just tell us about the medicinal um, benefits of henna? Oh, yeah. So henna has been around as an adornment for a really long time, like you know, five thousand plus years. It's just been as long as people have been. You, primarily because it's in the desert climates, it's really cooling to the skin. So a lot of people would use it to help cool their bodies in the hot climates. Um, but it was used medicinally for like fevers and for heat exhaustion and things like that. And so 
they realized that it stained the skin, which is how it became an adornment because then they were like, oh, we get this lovely stain from it. So we can totally play with it as an adornment as well. And that started drawing with it and it became an artistry. Hey, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> but before that, it was, uh, it was used medicinally for people. Um, so the reason it's on my finger for burn is because it's cooling. And like, they like to say it's cool. I like to say that it's a refrigerant because it'll literally, when I put henna on people, like they will start shivering. If it's cold outside, they'll start to get cold. It will drop their entire body temperature down. So it's great for burns. And like I used it once <clears throat> I was at a festival and I went to move a log, which I couldn't see. It was just embers. And I stuck my thumb right into a hot spot of the log. And I like, literally probably would have had like a, a two a second or third degree burn it was that bad and i didn't know what to do but i remembered the henna so i went and stuck my finger in henna and i did get a blister but the pain went away almost immediately it's an also oh. an analgesiac uh, gosh i hate saying these words um, <laughs> it helps pain as well um i've put i've used it to put on bug bites um it's also an antifungal um, so I've had people where I was doing henna on them and they had, uh, nail fungus. And so I asked them if I can do the whole finger. Um, and tr traditionally it's done like that. Like they'll do the whole finger and they'll also put it in the palm of their hand to cool their temperature. Um, <clears throat> so I put the henna on their fingernail and they called me like two weeks later and said that their nail fungus had disappeared and they had oh, been fighting wow. with it for like three months of using all kinds of uh, chemicals and um, creams and stuff that, that people were having them. All right, I'm going to put you in. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, well, I think sometimes herbs are like kind of magical in a way that we don't really quite get yet in oh. science. Um, so, <laughs> so I just think that's just the way it is. Is there is there anything about henna that we should know before we um end end the show before we're done? One any last thing that should be said about henna? Um, well, I definitely would like to give it uh, credit for <clears throat> its tradition because I think that that needs to be served as well because traditionally, you know, there is there is conversation and argument about where it was traditionally founded. Because some say it'll be from Egypt. Others will say it's from India. Either way, that these were trade routes. And so it was passed along trade routes. And primarily it grows in the desert. So India and Egypt, both in the desert climate, can can equally say that they've, they could have technically founded henna as being their particular crop of interest. But um, so we'll just give it to both of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would I like to... I would like to give it its cultural, you know, reason. Like it, in India, it's profound um, ceremonial for their brides to get henna before a wedding, and even the grooms. Um, it's a ceremonial process that they use for that. The same with the belly blessings; they use it as well to protect, like we said earlier, to protect the um, the baby and the mother during childbirth. Um, so I think that those things are valid to just acknowledge that it's culturally from India slash Egypt and also found itself throughout the, the Silk Road um, because everybody will kind of be like, it's ours, it's our culture, it's ours, it's ours, it's ours. But ultimately it's, you know, it's the, it spans the whole region in a sense where it became part of all of their cultures. We yeah, just know. I, yeah, I would agree because I mean, I'm Jewish and Sephardic Jews, we use, we, we call it China. 
and mm-hmm. we also use it as the marital marital blessing you know the bride gets it done beforehand and i think that's just like you said there's so much trade roots everybody kind of grabbed a hold of it because it is such a beautiful thing i mean yeah. it's just amazing and i think personally its medicinal value is what traded it i feel mm-hmm. like that it it found its way across um all of you know eastern and and western europe for that matter due to its medicinal values to begin with. Um, and I've even heard um, some anthropologists talk about uh, Cleopatra kind of made it popular in a sense of in bringing it to Egypt, um, even though some will argue that it was always from Egypt, but that she brought it to Egypt um, for the fashion of it. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I think this has been really great. Quellen did, Quell. oh my. Quellen did have a good question. Where would it be used to relieve a fever? Um, I would say like they would put it in the palms of the hands and you could also uh, put it on pulse points. Um, I was thinking about the chest. You can, but the more so like uh, going into my like Chinese medicine roots, um, we would put it on pulse points and that would actually take the coolness up the channels. And so the ears, the soles of the feet and the palms of the hands are all where our channels of our body ends. So if you put anything on the palms of the feet and the palms of the hands, um, soles of the feet, palms of the hands, it's going to take it up into the body. So either, so I think that's one of the things like you would see traditionally it put, in the palms of the hands, they would put a glob of the paste in the hands and they would close and make a fist, which is the traditional circle in the hand and the fingers all done. Um, And that's your basic henna. And I think that it came from just holding the paste in their hand. They would also slather it the whole, like the whole sole of the foot would be slathered. And that's how they would cool themselves down in the sun, in the desert. Hmm. Wow. That's neat. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Samaya, for just come in and bring in so much valuable information about this beautiful art form that some of us probably, Hey, Quellen and I are pretty high uh, trafficking in, uh, in festivals. I would say we've been in and out of a bunch of them. I'm not even sure you might even know Quellen, uh, Samaya, but anyway, um, you know, he was our fire tender that time. You gave me a Thai massage after being a, after a long day of chefing, I believe. And um, you know, and I just think that, like, you know, coming together and providing your community with more information about something we don't know a lot about. There were things that me and Quellen didn't know. And uh, I appreciate that. I love learning new stuff. And I appreciate you taking time out from being a very busy mom uh, <laughs> and running your own business. So I'm going to finish up here and I'm going to pull out three cards. Now, remember, my friends, always take what you like. Leave the rest. It's probably not meant for you. It's probably meant for somebody else. Even if you're listening to this in the replay format, it's still meant for you, okay? Don't throw it away just because you didn't watch it live because somehow the universe knew you were going to listen to this. So that's how um, the messages come through. And I just, that's what I believe. The cars are directly connected to some sort of divine energy that I don't really comprehend. And uh, they send us messages that we need to know to navigate our life. That's how I think tarot works. So this first card here is, is all about, um, it's all about your thoughts and fiery thoughts too. 
Now, remember, Aries, um, is, Aries is very busy right now. We're at the astro astrological new year. Um, but I'm going to just do a little feature so you, everybody can see the image well. Um, so, uh, you know, if you didn't notice, well, I'm sure you did notice that, um, you know, people went around smacking each other and stuff like that. That's Aries moon. Okay, that's that's in the stars directly related. A whole bunch of stuff moved into Aries that sort of within a few days of each other. And that kind of and that's what this is. This is to remind us what energy we're in, that we might find ourselves offended. Okay, because that video very much fits the energy of right now. Um, you may find yourself offended. You may find yourself kind of irritable or cranky. Like, you know, you'd like to tell your neighbor to shut. Right. Okay. Whatever that is, just recognize that it has some of that. It has energy in the sky and that the sky is kind of not dictating it, but it's kind of pushing for that. And it's pushing for you to say your truth to some extent too. So be careful. You're not sitting on yourself. Say your truth, but you don't have to cut someone's head off at the same time. And so that's what it's a reminder of. And this is a beautiful card. This is a queen of cups. And this non-binary person is holding a bird, see, on, on their hand. And they are very well decorated. And you can also see the octopus in the water holding the cups. And this is about emotional balance. This is about knowing your emotions and being able to handle them and being able to do what you need to do um, to manage your emotions, whether it be cuddle with a teddy bear there, you can see under their shoulders, or uh, visit the ocean and get your little treasures and your gifts. That's what the treasure box is there. It's meant to, this is about self-care. This is take care of yourself. If you find yourself cranky, go get a bath. Okay, go take a walk. Go be under a tree, whatever it is. Manage your self-care. And going forward, it's to remind us of our relationships. This is all about emotional relationships. And be aware of anything that comes to mind right now, especially things that are related to like toxic environments where people are not really checked in with each other, uh, where people take each other for granted and things like that. So if you're experiencing that, that's what's happening, right? This is kind of what we're going into the future. It's kind of saying overall, the whole reading is saying, remember that blast of energy you had and you wanted to strangle such and such person and that feeling of feeling triggered and feeling bothered by that person? Yeah, well, you might want to take care of yourself and do a little self-evaluation and you might want to look in and figure out what it is. And maybe you need to, maybe you need to, you know, send that person to Pluto. Poof. I don't know. Uh, you know, you may need to send them out of your life or you may need to deal with some of your behaviors that have to do with making that relationship toxic. So that's what, that's what this is. This is a reminder to make those changes, to look at what's toxic, to pay attention to the dynamics in your relationships, because that's probably what pissed you off to begin with. So that's pretty much what this is about. It's like that experience, right? That experience. And it could go on for several days um, or even like a week, even into like 
mid-April. Okay. So that's what I just want you to um, just want you to like focus on that. Pay attention to what. Oh, oh I don't know what happened. <laughs> I tried to change it back and did it the wrong way, probably. <laughs> so thanks so much, everyone. Thank you so much for being part of Rainbow Soul. Thank you to Samaya. I think she had to probably run off with her child. If I know anything of what it's like to have a small one, um, no doubt that's what's going on. So I just want to say thank you. And I'm not sure anyone won the contest. So I'm just yeah. going to quickly run the video again to see if anyone <laughs> wants to play a game with us. So play a game with us, friends. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul. We appreciate you. We love you. And you are perfect just the way you are. Bring magic into your life every Sunday night. Play the magic word game at Rainbow Soul. Visit rainbowsoul.show. Subscribe to Rainbow Soul newsletter and watch out for it in your email. Why? Well, inside that newsletter will be a magic word. Some words maybe you never even heard of. And we will explore the definition and history in the show. If you recognize the word, be sure to share your wisdom with Rainbow Soul in your comment. Each newsletter will have a new magic word. If you know the word when we ask for it, you can simply put it in the comments. First commenter gets a free Rainbow Soul sticker. They are round stickers with Rainbow Soul logo and they say, Rainbow Soul Transgender is Sacred. Hashtag Rainbow Soul Vodcast as well as a queer version and non-binary version printed on high quality, large circle stickers. The platforms will keep the time of your post and this will determine who wins. If two or more people all say it within the same minute, according to the platforms, everyone gets a sticker. You can win up to three different times, three different stickers, non-binary, transgender, queer. Rainbow Soul will contact you through message depending on the platform you commented during the live to get your address slash mailing information for your sticker. We do not share any of this information, including your email. You will receive Rainbow Soul Newsletter. You can always unsubscribe if you choose. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul. We are so grateful for your presence and listening in this past hour. Be sure you're subscribed and get notifications so you can join us and catch us every Sunday night here live. We appreciate you sharing, commenting, reacting, and inviting others to the show. This is a show for you. So tell us, who would you like to see on the next show? What topics inspire you? You can always find replays, more about the host, blog posts, merchandise, information about games and contests, and social media links at Rainbow Soul. Dot show. We love to show our gratitude with fun and games and contests with prizes that celebrate who we are as a community. Rainbow Soul holds the intention to explore consciousness and spirituality in cultures with a deep reverence for cultural roots, equality, and inclusion. We are always striving to recognize the spiritual medicine available to all of us in the modern world. We hope that you walk away knowing that you are perfectly valid in whatever identity you embrace for yourself and that you are sacred just as you are. Thank you so much for tuning in to Rainbow Soul.
Divine Androgen, a sacred path for gender-variant people. This book details Hollis's story, including some insights into their traumatic childhood, their gender experience, and how they now celebrate empowerment as a non-binary person in a binary world. Hollis details a path for gender-variant people for personal empowerment, acknowledging that all paths, all queers, are sacred. There is nothing wrong with anyone that is queer-identifying. This book supports any kind of transition, gender-fluid people, queer folks, transgender people, anyone bending the binary. This book supports healing from our past, defining our truth, and harvesting our authenticity. This book supports the spiritual part of the journey and lands in your own expression of authenticity. A path of consciousness, not religion. This book is not religious and is in no way related to Christianity except perhaps in opposition. Choose empowerment. Choose to honor your divine androgen. Order today at www.divineandrogen.com.